0: my mic on. Good morning. Great to be with you. Welcome to morning Star Online. Welcome to morning Star. And as you see, we're beginning our message series, Encountering Jesus. And we're going to look at, you know, Jesus do the unthinkable in his day. Um, we're going to look at the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. You wouldn't talk to a Samaritan. You wouldn't talk to a woman. You wouldn't talk to her at the well. We're going to see that he's going to speak to... Um, a rich young ruler, and he's going to tell him the unthinkable, sell all you have and follow me, and follow me. Then we're going to see he's going to talk to a tax collector, Zacchaeus, go to his house for dinner next weekend. Say it with me, next weekend. We've planned something, prayerfully planned. It's Encounter Freedom Weekend. It's with our guest Matt Muscatel and his wife, and it's a weekend where we believe. It's been a challenging year. How many say challenging year, right? It's been a discouraging year in the natural. It could even be depressing in the natural. So we've planned a weekend of encouragement, of refreshing, of reviving in the house of God, in the presence of God. And so we're kicking off the weekend, as you just heard, 8 o'clock, Saturday morning, men's big breakfast. If we eat like that every day, be big, we would be big men, So, but uh, men's big breakfast. How many men do we have here today? Come on, how many guys? Come on, let me, let me see your hands. How many men? Uh, that's kind of quiet here today. Yeah, there you go. you got to be like Tim the Tool Man. You know? How many guys? All right, guys, we look to see every one of you with this next Saturday morning. It's going to be some fun. It's going to be a challenge for you, refreshing. Sign up today if you haven't. Go to the Next Steps desk there. You can get signed up. Some guys will be there with you. We're going to have a great time Saturday morning, a great breakfast. It's getting prepared for us. And uh, then Sunday morning right here, 10 o'clock, Sunday evening, 6 o'clock, right here, a night of refreshing in the presence of God. Don't miss that Weekend. Next weekend, we're going to be together. Today, we're looking at Jesus calling 12 ordinary guys, regular, everyday guys. The master Jesus, those guys that he would shape for greatness so they could reach the, the spiritually dark, lost, broken, confused, chaotic world that they lived in at the time. And then we're going to see what Jesus wants to do in you and me this very day. The church, we're the church. So we're looking at Jesus calling. What would you do? As I was sitting here probably a couple weeks ago in my office and I was looking at this ser- series and looking at the scriptures, there was a song playing in my office. And what would you do if Jesus walked into this very room? What would you say? I thought, will we kneel? Will we fall on our faces to worship? Will we stand in awe and rise in honor of him? what would we do if Jesus walked into this very room? I believe that he's here right now. How many believe that with me? Amen? I believe he's here right now. I believe he is speaking right now. I believe he's calling each and every one of us right now this morning. And the question is, how are we going to respond to Jesus? I believe he's calling us right now. It's a new season. It's a new day. Even though I said it's a dark, chaotic confused, spiritually lost world. That tells me that we as the church of Jesus Christ have an opportunity right now, this very day. We have an opportunity. Say it with me, we have an opportunity. We do, we do. This quote has been just running in my mind, and it spoke to me a couple of weeks ago as as a minister, so to speak. Far too many preachers today are singing lullabies when we need to be sounding an alarm. Come on, we have an opportunity. Jesus is calling you and me to do something bigger and better than we have settled for. Jesus Christ is calling you and me to do something far bigger and better than we have settled for. So the big idea this morning is this. Salvation is free, but there is a cost involved in following Jesus, but it is well worth it. Let's stand together, if you would, and take your Bible or your app. Salvation is free. Amen? He paid the price, Jesus Christ, at the cross 2,000 years ago for your sin and my sin. But the cost involved in following him is well worth it. There is a cost to follow Jesus. And what we're going to look at is the difference between a Christian and a disciple, what it really means to follow Jesus Christ. And so what does that call look like? Vessels of honor for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to look around and see vessels of honor right here. Come on. Amen. Vessels of honor, vessels of honor, vessels of honor for Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Our world needs us to do the extraordinary right now. Come on, right now. Right now. Noah chapter 6, men did what was continuously evil in their hearts. They did it. We see in the New Testament, it will be as in the days of Noah. We're living in the days of Noah right now. Our world needs us, the church of Jesus Christ, more than ever before. And then we see Jesus calling. He calls us to deny and die. Oh, boy, doesn't that sound fun? He calls us to deny and die. So here's the big idea. As I said, salvation is free, but there is a cost involved in following Jesus but it is well worth it. The Eastern way of learning was different than our Western way of learning. Jesus, the best preacher teacher. Paul, a preacher teacher. Peter, a preacher teacher. Yes, on and on, they used their words. But also, when a rabbi, when a teacher, when Jesus called his disciples to follow, that meant they lived everyday life together. They traveled together. They watched Jesus and they heard Jesus preach and teach. They watched him heal the sick. They watched him cast out demons. They watched him raise the dead. They watched him talk to people, minister to people, love on people, help people. There's a saying that says this, more is caught than taught. I'm going to tell you that's true. That's what I'm talking about today. This is their way of teaching, not just sitting in rows and chairs at a table. There's a time and place for that, but more is caught than taught. They walked with Jesus. See, the definition of a disciple is a learner, a follower, and then here was the concept. They walked in his dust. They were walking with Jesus each and every day. They walked the dusty roads, and they were consumed and filled with his dust. They were sharing sharing life together. Uh, we did the book of James a couple months ago. What did he say? We're to be not only hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. Amen? We're to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Man, we have all these resources. We have the Bible, the Word of God. We have Bible studies. We have podcasts, TV, radio. We have books. We have YouTube still for a little while. But at some point, we need to get outside of these walls and be light and darkness and speak the truth boldly in our culture today and represent the real Jesus. Amen? There's a real Jesus. He's not antiquated. He's not a limp, wristed, (laughs) passive sissy. He's a man of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, I said it. If we would see the real Jesus, who has values and morals and an anointing and stands up for the truth, what is right and wrong, and will know no boundaries or limits to go after the least of these, if the world will see the real Jesus, come on. If they would see the real Jesus in us, the church, we have become weak and we have played it safe. And Jesus is calling us, saved us not to play it safe. He saved us so we would be radical and determined and committed. Come on. If they would see the real Jesus, they may want that Jesus. Come on. I I, I hate the Renaissance paintings of Jesus. They're creepy. They're scary. Nothing attracts me to that man. In fact, that's okay. (laughs) If that's Jesus, uh, I don't think so. If that's Jesus, not now. That wasn't just a rant. That's what's in my heart today. This world needs Jesus. We have the answer. And I'm afraid the church is getting a little confused, and the church is getting a little mixed up, and the church is wanting to play it safe. He hasn't saved us for safe. Amen? Represent the real Jesus, who's the answer. We must risk being criticized, misunderstood, and not being accepted. If Big tech and our government can shut down free speech. What makes us think that our message at some point won't be deemed inappropriate speech, unacceptable hate speech? And I'm here to tell you, it's here right now. Christianity is safe. Discipleship is radical. Because Jesus is radical, I believe his disciples should be a little bit radical. Tell your neighbor, let's get radical.
1: Come on, radical.
0: We aren't to be, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us, conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Hallelujah. See, rabbis taught by their example, by their lifestyle, by doing and by their words. So how do we really learn something? And that's why the Men's Breakfast, and I believe as we relaunch Men's Ministry for Morning Star Fellowship and the other ministries, how do we really learn to do something? We do it together and by doing. I remember, how did I learn to play baseball and and, and basketball? Well, they taught me and showed me here's the principles and here's the positions and here's the object of the game. But I had to play and make mistakes and get better, and make mistakes, and play, and get better, and make mistakes. So we learn by doing. How do you learn to cook? By doing. How do you learn to bake? By doing. How do you learn to drive? By doing. How do you learn... A nurse can only do so much in the classroom. And then there's student nurses, they get into the hospital and they have to practice. How about a doctor? He has to be an intern to practice before he becomes, or she becomes a full doctor. That's how that takes place. Nike has it right. They say, just do it. Say it with me, just do it. Just do it. He's calling us to follow him. As I said, he isn't calling us to play it safe, but we like safe. But I want you to know, and I feel I have the responsibility to tell you, that when you sign up to follow Jesus Christ, we're not signing up for safe. We're signing up for something that is radical. But only that kind of lifestyle is going to impact this world and change this culture. Radical. Radical. See, the early church was first called Christians in the city of Antioch. They didn't call themselves Christians. People began to call themselves Christians because they recognized they had been with Jesus. Say it with me, Jesus. Come on. That's a challenge to me right now. I've been doing this 40 years. I can't sit back, rust on my loyals. I've got a few more years to go. I believe Jesus is coming soon, and it's time to put the pedal to the metal. I believe it's time that we get out there more than we ever have before. I believe he's calling us, and we need to be with Jesus so the world recognize that we've been with Jesus. Amen? And they were like Jesus. They were like the rabbi, their teacher. They were a radical They pray dangerous prayers. They live dangerously, not like their culture. They wouldn't be silent. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Boy, he's doing a good job, isn't he? Satan, you get an A+. Yeah. But Jesus says, I have come that you would have life. Say it with me, life. And more abundantly. Man, life and more abundantly. So, what is that? You know, how does that take place? What's the process? What's required of us? And I really got to move this along. So, we look at the hard sayings of Jesus. That's why I've been saying these things about not playing it safe, not being radical, or not being so safe, being radical. The hard teachings of Jesus. So, we want that abundant life to take place. That means He's going to give us eternity that we're going to live forever and ever with him in his presence. How many things that sounds good? Come on. Some of you aren't sure. How many things it sounds good that we're going to be forever and ever with Jesus? But not only that, he says, right here on planet Earth, I can live life to the fullness. Amen? Amen. So here's some hard teachings of Jesus. Let's look at that. Uh, then he said to them, all of them. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever desires loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me, In my words of him, the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his father's and in his holy angels. And then Jesus said to them most assuredly, it gets harder. I say to you, now some of you have heard these scriptures before. They've never never heard any of this. And even though we've heard it, we look at that. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up the last day. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Too hard, too much. If we would go further there in Luke chapter 9, There was one who says, I want to follow you, Lord. I'm going to respond to your call. But first, can I go home and and, and bury my father? And then Jesus says to him, it looks callous and harsh to us. We, We don't get a lot of the things that he said because in our Western culture, he says, let the dead bury the dead. Come and follow me. We read that. Wow, Jesus, that's not very nice. Then another one says, let me go home and say goodbye to to my family and and, and everything. And Jesus says, no, no. Come follow me. Come follow me. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You want to follow me? You want to travel with me? You want to be part uh, uh, of my, my family and disciples? I have nowhere to lay my head. I want to tell you, we've gotten these wrong. First of all, when we say he had nowhere to lay his head, we have depicted forever that Jesus was poor, and he was homeless, and he was destitute. Say it with me. Wrong. Come on. Wrong. God sent his son into the world. God himself, the son of God, divine, came into the world, and he was going to live in abject poverty, and the promises of God were not going to apply to him. Come on. We believed another lie from the devil that he has called us to abject poverty When we obey Him and follow Him, my God said He will supply all of our needs according to His riches in glory. Jesus had a business. He had a home. Mary's mother had a home. Put it in context. He was a rabbi. Rabbis had a traveling ministry ministry. They were here one week, here another week, here one day, there another day. If you want to follow me, you're not going to be settled. You're going to be traveling. Don't get too comfortable. We're going to be here today, gone tomorrow. How many understand what he was saying there? Jesus said, you're going to eat my flesh. And what represents that is communion. But he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry again. You're thirsty? Come drink from me. I am the well of life. Our sustenance, our daily nourishment is in Jesus Christ alone. He says, take up your cross. That doesn't mean that I literally take up a cross. That doesn't mean, well, I'm just bearing my cross for Jesus because i got to work with Greg every day in the office, and Greg in the office is a great pain, and so I'm bearing Greg. He's my cross. That's Sorry, Greg. That's not what what he was saying. He's saying that we have a responsibility to follow him. And I deny myself. That means I will not rule my life any longer, but I'll allow Jesus Christ to rule my life and sit upon the throne of my life. Deny myself, take up the cross, and follow him. And the result will be what? What does he say? Here's what he said, Lord, what's the greatest commandment? And he quotes Deuteronomy 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love him with all of your heart. Love the Lord your God with everything that's within you. His teaching gets a little harder and a little harder and a little harder. But we see there's great benefits that you can be forgiven today that you can be in liberty today in freedom today wholeness today you could be healed today we used to sing what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again Oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fount I know nothing but the blood of Jesus, amen. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood of Jesus. When you have the blood of Jesus applied to your life, you can be free from sin, you can be free from the control of sin. There's going to be a liberty, there's going to be a freedom that you've never ever had in your life. There's a promise of healing in your body, healing in your mind, healing in your finances, healing in your relationships. What? There's power in the blood. When you don't know what to say when the enemy is attacking your life. How many knows what it's like when the enemy attacks your life? When you don't know what to say, I'm going to tell you what will repel the enemy every time. It's the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus against the enemy. Satan cannot stand. So here's a question. Are you a Christian or are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? It's time for us to stop playing it safe and get radical. Radical. And then in Matthew 13, Jesus talks about how did it get 10 minutes after 11? That's not good. (laughs) Well, in Matthew 13, Jesus talks about a man finds a treasure in a field and a man finds a pearl of great price and he goes and sells everything he has to buy that field and he goes and sells everything he has to buy that pearl of great price. And what does that tell us today? It tells us this. He bought it and sold it and he bought it with joy. Do we believe the reward in Jesus is worth it? The risk in following Him. Do we really believe that today? And I wrap it up with this. Jesus is calling. He calls us to know and to go. So the ultimate goal of a disciple is to be like his teacher, his rabbi, his master, or Lord. And our ultimate goal is that we're going to be transformed in the likeness of Jesus Christ. i want to tell you, I have a ways to go. I have a long ways to go. But I'm thankful I'm on my way and I'm going. How many can relate that today? Amen? Tell your neighbor, you're going. You're going. You're going. Tell your neighbor, you're going. We're going. So the disciples asked Jesus this vital question. They they could have asked him anything. They asked Jesus this question. I want you to think about it. If Jesus walked into this room, what would you ask Jesus? I've thought often, I've got a lot of questions for Jesus one day. But what would you ask? They asked Jesus this. Lord, teach us to pray. I think it's something they didn't say, Lord, teach me to preach. They said, teach me to pray, to pray. They saw what he did every day. They saw him pray. They saw his power. They said, teach us to pray. See, prayer is vital. It's our lifeline. We must know him if we're going to go for him. Prayer equals power. You need power. I need power. We need to pray. I must first talk to God about people before I talk to people about God. They knew who Jesus was. They knew who they were following. They knew who they were living life with. Peter declared in Matthew 16, when he said, who do you say that I am? He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one from heaven. So Jesus isn't calling us to play it safe in 2021. I want to challenge us and encourage us. Let's get dangerous and radical. Our prayers need to be dangerous. Do you believe? And you may have trouble answering this, and you don't have to raise your hand right now, but do you believe God still hears, answers prayers, and does miracles? I believe my God is a miracle-working God. I know God who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think. I know Jesus. He is limitless. Hallelujah. That's the Word of God, Ephesians 3.20. We were saved for safe. Jesus didn't play it safe. Jesus gave his all, his everything, so we could be sitting here today. Think about that. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the author says, looking unto Jesus. He's saying, keep your eyes on Jesus. Somebody's found out when you get your eyes off Jesus, you get discouraged, you get upset, you get frustrated, you get angry. Come on. I start looking to other people. Yeah. I start looking at the world around me. Jesus, looking unto Jesus for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne, looking unto Jesus for the joy he endured the cross. The joy. Who's the joy? Derek, you're the joy. Charlie, you're the joy. John, you're the joy. Lynn, you're the joy. Donnie, you're the joy. Rebecca, you're the joy. Maddie, you're the joy. How many get it today? We're the joy. We're the joy. He said, I'm going to go to a cruel rugged cross. I'm going to take your sin. I'm going to take your shame. I'm going to take your guilt. Because I love you. It is about you. I'm coming after you. I'm calling you. I want you. I want you in my life. I want you in my family. I want you in my kingdom. I want you in my eternity. I want you in my heaven. The joy. The joy. We need to wake up to our call and embrace that we have a purpose that we're called to for this very time. And he's calling us. To go, We're to know him so we can go for him. Matthew 10, Matthew 28. To do what? Preach the good news of salvation alone in Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God, heaven is at hand. I believe the word of God. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Power over unclean spirits. And make disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. We could go into it, but if you don't think there's demons and evil spirits, I don't know what world you're living in and you're looking at today. But he says, I'm going to give you power and authority. How many want to be a follower of Jesus Christ today? I'm going to put it right out there. I want to follow Jesus Christ. How many want to follow Jesus Christ? Keep your hands raised just for a moment. I want to follow Jesus Christ. i got to wrap it up. But here's what we're doing when we talk about that. We partner with Convoy of Hope every month, several times a year. I want you to hear this when we talk about that, about spreading the gospel and feeding and clean drinking water. Last year in America, they served over 150,000 meals to families in the USA. Every day, feeding and educating over 5,000 children in 18 countries around the world every day. Here's something we're doing every week. We partner with them to make that happen Monday night meals. Several times a week, we run to Wawa, pick up their goods, they can only keep it on the shelves for two hours, they freeze it, we pick it up here, we take it to the bush house, we take it to the patio court, we hand it out, give it away, Chick-fil-A several times a week. Someone picks it up. And then we use it a lot of times. Monday night meals, we give it away. Panera bread uh, on Monday nights. We're back to two Monday nights a month for the meals for our community. We're going back to every Monday night. We're having 100 or more people show up. We're feeding the hungry. We're sharing Jesus. Food goes to the drop for teens right here in town. A teen hangout. Now, for the next four weeks... We're getting a box of food from Convoy of Hope at a drop-off center at the University of Valley Forge. It's from farms to families. I'm taking some time here because Teresa and I picked it up yesterday, and we used our old church van. We can't use it again. We use that for hauling around, and uh, it's rusting out. Man, we were grinding it on the way home with 50, 60 boxes of food. They all were taken. They're all given away. They're gone. We're going to do it again this Friday. We need a box truck. You got a box truck? Uh, Talk to me after the service. If not, that's okay. I'm going to get one, rent one this week. Friday we go again. We're going to give them away here again this Friday. We took a lot to Patio Corp, handed it out, and we're going to have it here, advertise it, pick it up. We're giving the food away. I want to tell you, we are going to go for Jesus Christ. No lockdowns here. No stoppage here. We're not short. Come on, come on, I'm looking for my notes, 320 million people in the USA. Um, Excuse me. in the USA, 7.8 billion people in the world, 4.5 billion or more without Christ. Of these 1 billion have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe in America, people are spiritually poor. They have no understanding of who the real Jesus is. And God is calling us to wake up, stand up, speak up, be strong for him in this day and hour. We have an opportunity. Let's bring the real Jesus to this world and let's see a revival like we've never been part of. Hallelujah. Amen. Stand with me if you would. Something that comes easy never lasts and something that lasts never comes easy. So do you and I believe Jesus is enough to obey him and follow him wherever he leads. I want to hear, you believe, and you'll, I believe Jesus is enough to obey him and follow him wherever he leads. Why are you preaching like this, pastor? Because it's not going to get any easier for us. I want to equip you for the day and the hour, but I'm telling you the best is on its way. We're going to be part of something far bigger and better than we can imagine. And so do we believe Jesus is enough to obey him and follow him wherever he leads, even when our culture or maybe even our churches turn the other way? Are people worth it? And is Jesus worth it? I believe they are, and I believe he is. Oh, I challenge you in love today, and I want to encourage you. Let's follow Jesus together. Well, not just, that name Christian has been watered down. Let's get to know him. Let's go for him. That's why we're doing a weekend next week to spend time in his presence. Lord, today, let's just look to heaven for a moment. Thank you for hanging with me here a little longer today. Lord Jesus, we stand in your holy presence. You are in this room, and we are saying we need you. There are those that are discouraged, those that have become fearful, those that maybe don't understand, and none of us fully understand, but Lord, today, we need you. We need you. We want to be your church in this day, in this hour. Fill us with your spirit so we don't play it safe. We want to be dangerous for you. We want to see you show up and set people free. Heal hearts, heal minds, heal marriages. Set people free from sin and the bondage of alcohol and drugs and pornography and self-rule and selfishness. Set people free from guilt and shame and regrets. Set people free, Lord Jesus, to be all you've calling them to be and calling us to be. Before we close in song here today, maybe you're here today and you have not started a relationship with Jesus or maybe you've started and you've kind of fallen away and you want to renew that today. Raise your hand with me right now and say, I want to say yes to Jesus. I know I need Jesus. I want to follow him. Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, praise God. Let's pray together today, would you? It's worth two more minutes. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me and calling me. And right now, I respond to your loving call. Jesus, I believe you're my Lord and Savior. Forgive me. Come into my life. I want the life that you have for me. I will follow you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you're starting a relationship with Christ, fill out that card. Take it to the table there in the foyer. And we want to help you follow the Lord. Amen. Say it with me. Let's go. Come on. Let's go.